Hello and welcome to Aerospace Unplugged, a podcast dedicated to giving you a behind-the-scenes look into all things aerospace. Well, 2021 is here. It's a new year with new possibilities and even more so new adventures. As we look to travel and explore new destinations, the question we've been asking ourselves all year is more prevalent than ever. Is it safe to fly again? Now, if you've joined us for our Cleaner Air mini-series, we've got an exciting update with new products and new capabilities in the quest for safer air travel. I'm your host, Adam Kress, but today I'll be handing over the controls to a special guest host, commercial pilot and YouTube aviation sensation, Captain Joe. Well, Captain Joe, welcome. Now, before you take over, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself from your start in flying and where exactly you are now? Thank you, Adam. Really appreciate the, the warm welcome. Yes, absolutely. Uh, my name is, uh, well, nicknamed Captain Joe. I fly actually for a cargo airline. Um, I've been the pilot now for the last uh, 12 years, uh, and I did all my training in uh, in America. I had a, really, a real fun time doing my training, and then did all the conversions of my license into European licenses in Germany, uh, because initially I flew as a passenger uh, pilot for an airline called Air Berlin until their bankruptcy in 2017, and then was very, very lucky to be uh, handed over to a cargo airline who've been flying for the past three years now. And uh, yeah, it's been, it's been a great adventure. Um, having a real good time, especially last year with this, um, the pandemic and all, was uh, actually a very beneficial year for the cargo sector. And um, yeah, I'll be very excited to talk about that with you today. And um, I'm ready for your questions. <laughs> Go ahead. All right. Awesome. Well, hey, you know, first off, you know, I've seen a lot of your videos on YouTube and they're and they're quite popular. <laughs> from a, you know, from a pilot's perspective, what got you interested in starting to create these informational videos <laughs> that, you know, talk about, like I watched the, the fly-by-wire video last week because Honeywell does a lot okay, of fly-by-wire work. How did the video start? Yeah, the whole video started uh, as a f actually funny coincidence. The thing was that um, I was always kind of seeking sort of a sort of a side gig next to flying, and um, you know did a few things here and there. But uh, what happened was that during my uh, career at Air Berlin, I was during my turnaround uh, sitting in in the cockpit, and I was had to go outside to do the outside check. And suddenly, my dad calls me. And he was reading a newspaper article and he didn't really understand it was something related to flying and he didn't really understand the pitot tube, what it meant, what it does, so forth and so forth. And I said, hey, look, dad, I'm just performing the outside check. I'm just going to take you on a visual uh, or online outside check. I'll take you uh, around on my phone and I'll show it to you. And that's what so we switched the phone uh, conversation to a FaceTime call. I took him on a virtual walk around and I explained everything to him and then like two or three weeks later, <laughs> he says, mate, you've explained this so well. Don't you think that your passengers could be interested in this? And I said, yeah, maybe. And uh, so he said, well, why don't you start a YouTube channel? And I have to say, my dad's the age of 70 back then. <laughs> it's, it's quite a surprise that he came up with the idea. So we um, uh, initiated it. We, we started a video and the video did, did okay, the first one. But then the second one, I sort of targeted more towards passenger, uh, especially what passengers can see from their um, seat. And that was uh, the reverse of doors when the plane lands. Uh, I explained how reverse thrust works. And that video just absolutely skyrocketed. I think I had a million views within the first two weeks. And I wow. knew I was onto something. And then I said, okay, I'm going to stick with this and, you know, trying to uh, answer all these passenger related questions. And since then, it's been four or five years now. 
and the channel has been great success and uh, I'm still I'm still going at it yes <laughs> that's very very cool Thank you. very good credit <laughs> to your dad absolutely <laughs> yeah well when you know we've all been in the midst of the of the pandemic here for yeah. know, for a year mm-hmm. um we we know that there's been a big impact on um you know the air travel industry and really every aspect of aviation mm. cargo though may be a little bit different um mm-hmm. so you know how have you been most impacted would you say in your day-to-day work absolutely um the biggest sort of impact for me personally was very often actually the border crossing because I had to cross mm. borders between Germany and Luxembourg to get to work sometimes was also a hassle. So we had to have uh, certain permits to actually get over the over the border and, and get to work. Then the biggest impact in terms of when we were actually flying, obviously the mask is mandatory whenever we walk through terminals, when we're in the cockpit, uh, we wear the masks until the ramp agents and, and the loaders have done their jobs. and We've signed all the papers, but as soon as the cockpit door closes or the, the, the plane door closes, we can then uh, take off our masks because it, it's, it'll be really difficult for us pilots to fly with the mask on for like 12 hours and then talk to ATC through this muffled mask would be really difficult. But uh, the worst part of it of all of this uh, pandemic for us pilots was the hotel confinements, the, that you couldn't leave the hotel rooms. And I think that is every pilot's sort of the lifestyle as a pilot is to get out, you know, explore the cities, go to great restaurants and then just, just have a ball. But all of this was completely restricted and we couldn't leave the hotel room. And then when, I don't know, for example, you stick a, stuck in, in, in Singapore on a five-day layover and you cannot leave the hotel, not even go down to the lobby and, you know, have a bit of a sort of a social gathering with your colleagues. All of that was prohibited. And you really... You got lonely from here, you know, from time to time. And and I think especially when we have those longer tours as cargo pilots, which go from somewhat five days to two weeks, uh, and you don't really have contact with anyone besides on the phone and maybe sort of FaceTime. Um, yeah, it is. You can definitely see there's, there's this impact uh, is huge on, on, on our social life. And I mean, like everyone else's as well. But uh, yeah, being stuck in a hotel room alone is, is not so nice. No. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I would think a lot of people probably don't realize that, you know, layovers might last uh, more than a day. You yeah. could lose a yeah, week yeah. and really not have the ability to do anything yeah, productive yeah, other than, yeah. you know, catch up on some reading yeah. in, the, in the hotel room, I guess. Absolutely. And, and speaking of um, sort of safety-related stuff, uh, we always had to get tested prior every flight, um, especially when we, we, we went to work. Uh, we always got a quick test, um, COVID test, at the headquarters of Cargolux. And then they tested us to see, okay, you're COVID negative, you can get onto the plane. But as soon as a colleague of ours was positive, which luckily was very, very rare, but still, if you, if you had that case... The whole thing would sort of collapse because then you have to get a new colleague. That will take a couple of hours to get in there. And then everything sort of started delaying. And even worse, if you got COVID whilst you were on your tour, that would mess up everything. So I've probably been tested, I want to say, somewhat like 40 times now wow. uh, in, in, in last year. And uh, luckily, everything's been good. And I've always been tested negative. But that also had quite an impact on us to, to just all this like waiting to get to get tested and then you have to wait 15 minutes to get your results and everything. And it's always just, you get really impatient because you want to, uh, uh, can we go or can't we go? And it's, yeah, it's just what it is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely not not the norm. No, absolutely. You know, as as you speak to to other colleagues or other pilots, you know, whether in cargo or commercial, yeah, are, are there any common you know trends or topics right now that's on everybody's mind? Whether it's maybe it's vaccines, maybe it's something else. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, a lot of the the colleagues, I, sort of ex colleagues, I speak to who who went for the passenger sector and are still in the passenger sector. 
Yeah, sure. They're struggling a lot with not flying. Um, a lot of them are sort of battling even to keeping up their, their licenses. So a lot of them have become like super qualified simulator pilots now because they are doing so little flying. They're not even doing the three takeoffs and landings within 90 days, meaning that they have to then use simulators um, and get their training or, or to extend their licenses in there. And I think that's just a really, really sad outcome of it all but there's nothing else they can do at the moment i also heard of colleagues um that they've gone so far especially here in munich where i live planes even have to be moved meaning they take a couple of colleagues to the airport and they just take the plane on a couple of traffic patterns just to get the plane moving and that it had to come that far really really shows how how deeply impacted the aviation industry is by this and um yeah, we were obviously all hoping, especially me for, for my ex-colleagues, that, that these vaccines are coming out as quickly as possible and um, that we all get vaccinated and, and that the, the air travel picks up again like it did in 2019. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think everyone is, is you know, hopeful to, to be able to get moving again. Yeah. I mean, it's an interesting perspective from a pilot that even throughout all of this, you have been able to continue to travel the world, although, you know, in a very different way, like, you know, you talked about being confined to hotels and stuff. I mean, I think so many people, myself included, are just really itching to get back out there, whether it's for business or to take a family trip. And, you know, everyone is not not quite there yet, but but hopefully soon. Absolutely. If, if we flash forward, you know, a year from today, yeah. you know, we're all hoping things are going to look a lot better. How do you see, um, you know, a recovery happening? I, I guess mostly with commercial air travel, as people get back out there again, and hopefully, you know, after they're safely vaccinated. Absolutely. Um, obviously, my wish would be that the, that the aviation industry picks up or is as strong as it used to be in 2019. But I, I'm, I have a little doubt on that end, because I think everything will take uh, much longer than expected. Because as soon as people get vaccinated, um, sure, that gives you a bit of a confidence that you can travel again. But also, I think a lot of people will still be very, very hesitant. Because Probably there's you know, a bunch of people who don't get vaccinated, don't seem the need necessary to do so. So I think that it's, it's going to be, there will be a progressive incline in, um, in, in air travel that people are desperate to go on holiday again. But uh, I think, yeah, as I said, I think it'll just uh, be with, with caution and with time. And yes, as, as we're going to talk in a few, uh, soon about this, what companies can do to keep the planes clean and, and safe that is definitely something uh, interesting for passengers to you know to become more comfortable and say okay i feel comfortable enough to get onto this plane because it's been completely you know disinfected and so far that uh, that i feel safe enough to to go traveling again but uh, i think all will take a little bit longer than a lot of people anticipate yeah Okay. All right. Well, you led us perfectly in, into what will be the second <laughs> half of this podcast. Um, you know, it was, it was very much a pleasure getting to know you a little bit here. Thank you. And I know you're going to enjoy meeting uh, with Bob Lenz of mm -hmm. Honeywell to talk more about, uh, you know, how travel might look, how air travel might look a little bit different to the passenger coming up as more, you know, safety regulations get put in place and as airlines put more emphasis on, uh, you know, how they're treating their cabins to make sure they're, they're as safe as possible. So with that, uh, I'm handing the controls over to you, Joe. Thanks. Well, thanks, Adam. Hey, everyone. And thanks for listening. As an airline pilot, I am ready to get back to flying just as much as you are, obviously. So let's get into it. There's been a lot of new products to hit the market 
but do they work and how especially? What will the future of flying look like? So therefore joining me is Bob Lenz, the product director of Aerospace Lighting to break it all down for us. Bob, can you speak to me about your background a little bit? Yeah, I've been with Honeywell for about seven years now. Um, before that, I was a, a pilot with the uh, U.S. Army. I uh, spent a career with the U.S. Army, but been uh, working with Honeywell in different aerospace products and most recently leading the aerospace lighting product line. Okay, nice. So what is it a kind of uh, what kind of degree did you get at university to what did you study then? Yeah, I was uh, a degree. I've got both a uh, bachelor's and graduate degree in industrial and systems engineering. Nice. Okay, cool. All right. Well, speaking of Honeywell and uh, now that you work for the company and uh, being an engineer, we all know that the travel industry has been super or hard, hit hard this year uh, in 2020. And um, what or how did Honeywell respond to that? What did they invent uh, to help us out in, to overcome this pandemic? Right. Uh, besides uh, UV, which we're going to be talking about you know, in the call today, yeah. there was a wide range of things that Honeywell did um, and really across a number of different sectors. There was um, the N95 mass production where we converted one of our um, aerospace sites over to produce N95 masks and they're they're literally producing more than 20 million of those per month. Uh, that all happened in five weeks. Wow. Really impressive. Um, the PPE safety kits that are available, and not just for aerospace, but you know, entering into stadiums, sports stadiums, and safety for sports teams and um, the, the people watching, the public. Um, converting uh, production over in U.S. and Germany plants to hand sanitizer, where Honeywell produced and donated over 100,000 liters of hand sanitizer, um, a really exciting product called Thermo Rebellion that does uh, touchless temperature checks in airports and other public places, and then whole, just a wide range of healthy building solutions that uh, you know, fully integrated solutions for buildings that you know, monitor analytics and provide healthy solutions for buildings. Wow. Okay. It's actually pretty interesting that you said uh, that you yeah, produce more than 20 million masks uh, every month. I'm pretty sure me as a cargo pilot that uh, I've most likely flown many, many of your masks around the world uh, to deliver them, especially if you say you have a plant in Germany. Uh, super interesting. Really cool. Um, how has then the response been of the airlines to the products you have put out and from the Honeywell side? Yeah, the, the airlines um, have been very responsive to this. And, and as you well know, the airline and the whole travel industry has really struggled during the pandemic. And it's really been an unprecedented event for all of us. And Honeywell is in the same boat with all of the rest of the travel industry. And we're really, we're, we're rowing together to get through this, this period and make things better. Um, and so we're doing everything that we can do for our airline and, and the customers and you know, everybody in the aerospace industry and beyond aerospace, obviously with larger Honeywell, we're very cautiously optimistic that the second half of this year is gonna look a lot better than the first half of the year. Uh, we believe that there's a lot of pent up demand uh, for people to travel. And then once the, the vaccinations is that this continues to increase, travel restrictions are eased, that we're gonna to start to see things you know, start to turn the corner here in the second half of this year. Well, I mean, you're already leading me into the next question regarding passengers. Obviously, airlines uh, carry passengers. Would you say that the sort of the trust has regained of the passengers? Um, speaking of the Honeywell products, and yeah, yeah, I think so. I think the it's not 
there's obviously a lot of fear at the beginning. I think people understand now that, um, you know, what the airlines are doing and some of the things that we're bringing to the airlines are allowing them to do um, a good job, you know, as good as you can during this pandemic of providing a safe means of travel. Um, I think people are certainly more conscious of cleanliness and hygiene than they ever were before. Um, and, you know, the airlines that continue to you know, demonstrate that they are you know, having a, a commitment to this going forward are going to have the, the benefit of that public trust, you know, continue beyond this current, you know, time, time frame with the pandemic. So you probably also think that for the future, that uh, airlines and airports will actually implement all these safety measures in the long term then? Generally, yes. I don't think like everything we see today, but you know, a good comparison is the, the post uh, 9-11 changes that occurred to air travel in the US. Uh, a lot of things that were brought in uh, for travel security at that time obviously became permanent fixtures. And I think we'll see the same thing um, in the long haul in air travel based off of what's going on with COVID-19. Uh, both the airlines and the passengers are much more conscious of cleanliness and hygiene, and we won't see that disappear. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree with you. I mean, yeah, per- personally, also now in the cockpit, I, I far much more sort of uh, yeah, just cleaning the cockpit surfaces even more than I did in the past, uh, just because you, you never know. And uh, I, I've not, the cleanliness has definitely increased a little bit more <laughs> me as a, as a pilot as well. But uh, nevertheless, let's um, let's change the gears a little bit and let's talk about this UV system you mentioned earlier. Tell me, what is it exactly? How, what can I sort of wrap my head around it? Sure. Uh, well, I'll start with what, you know, what really is UV lighting, mm-hmm. just you know, for, for some people who may not be familiar with that. And there's multiple wavelengths to UV lighting. Um, there's UVC, um, well, A, B, and C. And A and B, they all generate from the sun, mm-hmm. but only A and B are strong enough to penetrate the Earth's atmosphere. So C, there's because it can't penetrate the Earth's atmosphere, no living organisms here on Earth have a natural defense against that. And what it does is it breaks the, the bonds called dimers that hold the DNA and the RNA together um, of a virus or a bacteria, mm-hmm. which renders it incapable of you know, sustaining itself in reproduction. So for that reason, UVC has been used as a disinfection tool in hospitals for decades. So what we've done is we've harnessed that into a system that now can be used in, in aircraft and other places. Okay. Um, you say a system, what kind of shape and form does it look like? What can I uh, sort of picture what it looks right. like? Right. So if you picture a you know, for in the simplest terms, a beverage cart with wings. <laughs> it, it, it looks like it's basically about the same size as a beverage cart, our, our second generation system that we have now, mm-hmm. um, about the same width of a beverage cart. And um, it has uh, wings that you know, uh, rotate out of it and then can be extended to the width of the, the space that you're treating. It's got lights that are both um, horizontal positions so that they can cast up and down and then vertical so they can cast out uh, it really creates a, an array of UV light that's almost 360 degrees. There's a light underneath the cart for the main aisle. There's the, the lights that treat the side of the seats, the bottom. It goes on to your, your overhead controls um, and even on the, the, the luggage bins where you're touching your luggage bins. So it, it irradiates all of those high-touch surfaces. Um, and then we also have in this second-gen system a hand wand so that if you have uh, tight or confined spaces, if you want to bring the hand wand into the, the cockpit 
or if you have a, a tight laboratory space where you can go in, you can really treat anywhere in the interior of an aircraft um, or other vehicle. And just speaking of the, the wands, are they actually attached to this cart you mentioned, or is it a separate uh, handheld system? So, so we have a, a wand that's attached with an extendable cord to the system. Um, they're basically just open up a, um, a drawer, a case on the top um, that you pull the wand out, and then you can extend that um, really eight to the 12 feet away. So it's very easy to move into different spaces. Uh, well, speaking of these wings that extend from this cart, it sounds heavy. Uh, do you have a rough idea how heavy it will be? Our second generation is about 30% lighter than our first generation. We actually went through um, where we brought our first generation to the market very quickly so that we could both help and get airline feedback. And they loved how it worked, but they said, hey, can you can you make it smaller, lighter? Um, so so it's it's about... If you think about the, the weight of a fully loaded beverage cart with all of the you know the cans of drinks and stuff in there, it's about the same weight as a fully loaded beverage cart. Okay. Well, then I assume the heaviest part is probably a battery, isn't it? Or or how is it powered? Yeah, it is powered by an internal battery, um, and you're correct. That is the the heaviest component of it because it's it's powering a array of 14 UV lamps. Um, so it's a very powerful system um, that we've got multiple lamps that uh, simultaneously irradiate. Uh, you know, the surface is up, down, left, and right. Um, and that's one of the, the key aspects of this is the wide area coverage and the consistency of that coverage. Uh, but you can, and you can do it you know, pretty quickly. We've actually shown where with multiple uh, customers um, that are using this and the other customers we've demonstrated it to that you can do a single aisle uh, like an A320 or a uh, 737 in 10 minutes. Wow, okay. Good. Um, now, just quickly to the battery again, is there also a possibility that you can use external power? Because, I mean, planes come with sockets. Could you just plug it in there and then uh, drive through the to, through the aisles? Would that be possible? Not on our current system, because we, we've talked to the airline customers. We actually asked them if they would like that. And most of them didn't want to deal with, you know, having to work with extension cords. Um, our, our most current uh, product that we're getting ready to launch, which is actually a, a backpack, um, just be a backpack portable system with a hand wand. That one can be powered by either an internal battery or you can also plug it in also. Well, speaking of if you were to have that backpack or the, the big system, uh, can only trained staff move the UV system then through the aisles or do you, uh, can any flight attendant or flight attendant do it? Yeah, we recommend trained staff because while it's remarkably easy to use, I mean, we've had, you know, you can basically show somebody how to use it and 10 minutes later, they're up and they're operating it. Um, we do recommend it be used only by trained users, uh, mostly because of uh, the personal protective equipment. We wanna make sure that people understand uh, the nature of UV light um, so all, all UVC lights, um, whether it be uh, the, the germicidal UVC range of the bandwidths that we use, there's also another one called FAR UVC that initial testing has shown that it could potentially be safe for human exposure, but that, that's not yet accepted by the different um, health organizations that monitor and govern workplace safety. Um, so for all of these UVC bandwidths, you need to have all of your skin covered, and then you also need to have your eyes protected. So basically, um, most people have seen what cleaning crews are wearing today, where you know, regardless of what they're using, whether they're spraying chemicals, the skin is covered, you're wearing gloves, and you most in this case, you would want to have a UV protective face shield. 
So we want to make sure that these um, people who are using this you know, understand how to correctly employ UVC. Got it. Okay. Now you mentioned at the beginning that, uh, also that it has this handheld system with the the ones, but how is it so much? Is it so much different than the normal ones? If you know, you could bring this system out in a handheld wand, but now you have this big system. What are the differences? What makes it better sure. than the handheld ones? And and handheld wands they come in a lot of different shapes and sizes. You know, there's there's consumer models that you can go on to Amazon and order. There's there's professional models. The I'll just briefly talk on the consumer models for depending on people are saying, hey, I'm going to go and I'm going to order this thing off of Amazon. I'm going to use it to clean my desk and my keyboard, my phone. Um, they they need to do their diligence. A lot of those are not actually um, real UVC uh, devices. And if they they are, a lot of them are very um, weak in their power. You you might have to hold it over it for 30 minutes to actually get effectiveness. We've actually tested some of these devices. So I would you know, caution people, do your diligence when you're shopping for something like that and realize if it's powerful enough to work, then you also, it's powerful enough that you need to take into account what I talked about a moment ago about personal protective equipment. Um, that's, those go hand in hand. Now for the professional models, the benefit of a hand wand is its portability, but at the expense of providing a fast, wide and consistent coverage. And that's what our uh, you know, our cart style systems with the wings provide is, is it can treat a wide area very fast, consistently and effectively. Um, the hand wands are great for that portability and the flexibility. So combining the two of them together, as we've done in our device, is, is a great combination. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know myself uh, in the past that the flight attendants always just cleaned the uh, trays and uh, seats with just like a cloth and with some disinfectant. Tell me why this doesn't work. Why is that not good enough uh, regarding your system? Sure. So I'll start by saying that you know, cleaning by hand will always have a place in you know, public places. Obviously, if somebody spills something on a tray, um, you know, we're obviously going to always you know, expect that there's going to be you're going to people are going to be cleaning to remove physical dirt and stains, of course. So this won't replace that. It doesn't, it won't, you know, obviously make a surface look clean. Now, what this does though, you know, as opposed to just, you know, the, uh, a spray and a chemical and then wiping it down is first of all, it, it eliminates the need for these costly chemicals that you have to continuously restock, provide, and then those leave residues on surfaces that, you know, the passengers are coming into contact with. Another thing is chemicals require very long what's called dwell times to reach their advertised effectiveness. Some of the most common ones being used today, the manufacturer's directions say that they have to remain wet for up to 10 minutes to reach that advertised level of disinfection. And uh, you know as well as I do how rarely if you spray something in a you know, surface of an aircraft, is it going to really stay wet for 10 minutes, um, especially if you're just immediately wiping it down afterwards. So you're using a product that can be effective, but in a way that may not be delivering the advertised level disinfection. Whereas UV light, you know, as long as you're at the right distance and time, it leaves no chemical residues and it doesn't require you know, that additional wet to dwell times. And it's much cheaper to use in the long run because you're not having to continuously replenish chemicals. Okay. The, the, there's a thing that I always sort of worry about when I use disinfectants on the cockpit instruments on, or even on the, on the cabin seats. My question is how, um, how long will the seats and everything, you know, sustain this because of the alcohol in it? And 
how is your system then going to prevent it's more or less getting a sunburn isn't it with the uvc light so how can you uh, perform the chairs not from degrading faster than they do would normally so in terms of you know, material safety is that what i think your question right yeah materials yeah so um, honeywell's tested um uv on you know specifically uvc on a wide range of aircraft materials uh cockpits cabin materials lavatory materials um, on most of these the, these are very robust products because they have to meet a high standard of safety um, to be certified for the aircraft anyway. And so, and we test everything for three things. We test it for structural safety, we test it for fire safety, and we test it for appearance. Um, structural and fire safety, there is not a single material we've ever tested that has shown a degradation um, through use of UV. Um, so, you know, and that's not true. Like if you were to take this to um, a, a very lightweight plastic that you wouldn't find in an environment um, in aviation, say like a disposable plastic cup. Over time, something like that might break down, but not in aviation type materials, certainly. The appearance, what we found is, is that if you were to use this, for example, uh, four times a day, um, there's some materials that even in 10 years never showed a single change in color or appearance. There were some materials that started to show some color fading um, you know, or basically if there were whites, they might show a yellowing, or if they're dark, they might show a fading in about four years worth of use. And those were mostly on materials that when we talked to the airlines, those, you know, for example, a headrest, well, they're replacing their headrests faster than four years of use anyway. <laughs> that is true. That is true. Okay. Well, now, since this product has been first released and it's been on the market for a couple of months, um, uh, were there any sort of kind of enhancements made on it in terms of size or, or recommendations from customers? Oh, absolutely. Um, so I, I think I mentioned earlier is that we we brought out our first generation in July of 2020, and we we brought it out very quickly. Um, this was something that you know we we partnered with a, another company called Dimer, who had some experience in this before, and so uh, we moved very quickly and we got this out there with great feedback, and we took that feedback it was really worldwide feedback um, on airlines. And we took that and we then rapidly generated our second gen device that is what is out there in the market today and in use with um, airlines today. And they came back and they said, yeah, we love the effectivity. We like something that is reduced size and weight and a little bit more flexibility. And so we, we took all of that and we got something that is significantly narrower for fitting through smaller cabins the, like I mentioned, the adjustable wing widths for um, you know, getting now down to smaller regional aircraft. If you have um, you know, the configurations, like if you may say on a uh, smaller Embraer um, or uh, Bombardier, where maybe you've got one seat um, in, on one side of the aisle and two seats on the other aisle, you, you can independently change the wing widths um, to be able to move through something like that. And different, different heights also for your luggage bins plus the addition of the hand wand. The airlines love the hand wand attachments that we put on it also. Um, do you see then also airlines uh, being, are those your prime customers or are you rather targeting airports who will then supply this service, this cleaning service? Um, less airports than just other vehicle uh, systems. So anything really in the transportation in terms of public transportation or, or even if it's private, but it's in the same kind of uh large uh, cabin system where we're, uh, we've had interest from uh, a number of train operators, rail systems, 
Um, we we've done you know the ferries, um, you know watercraft, ferries, things like that, ships. So really, for any large public or private transportation, this is gathered a lot of interest. Um, well, let's come come back to the aviation sector again. <laughs> um, could you? Also, see, or do you think that air, aircrafts need some kind of sort of adjustment in terms of that they can maybe, you know, use external power to power the system? Or do you think that you'll stay and stick with the battery powered uh, system as it is now? Yeah, for right now, there, there's no aircraft adaptation that's needed. This can be wheeled on and off of, you know, any size plane from a small regional jet on up today. Um, so really, and that's one thing that we wanted to make this easy for you know the airlines to use is that they didn't have to do any modifications. Um, obviously, moving forward, we're always seeking and gathering additional feedback from our partners, our airline partners in this. And so as they bring forward other ideas to us, we're continuously you know, reinventing what we do. Now, just speaking of the the process itself, all right, let's just picture the plane has parked uh, and it's on a jetty. All the passengers, the last passengers just gotten off. What would, we then, what, what would be the next steps then for the cleaning team to get the, uh, the airplane clean? Yeah, typically what we see is, is that you've got, um, it's obviously an orchestrated effort. Nice, a little, uh, the airlines have this down pat. It's like a little ballet of, uh, of events. <laughs> and so the, there's a, nece- a need for people to come in and pick up any loose articles um, on the planes um, and so as those people move on, what they'll typically do is they'll pick up any loose trash on the plane, but they'll also they'll lower the tray tables in each of the seats and moving from the, the front to the back. And then the operator will bring the device um, onto the aircraft and they'll start by treating the front galley. And then once they've got all the tray tables lowered, they'll move from the front to the back, treating the aircraft um, one direction and then while they're treating the back lavatories, um, you know, the, the team that was picking up the trash will then move back forward, raising the tray tables back up again. And then we'll, the, the operator of this device will wheel it back to the front of the aircraft, treating it again, this time with the tray tables up. So that way you've got the tray tables both on the, the, uh, you know, the top side, but also the bottom, both are getting treated during the process. Um, some, some of the airlines will open and close the luggage bins you know, that's that's another you know thing that they some of we've seen some of them do too. Mm-hmm. Wow, yeah. Speaking of a ballet, that's going to be a very orchestrated uh, looking ballet. I'm looking forward to that. Great. <laughs> um, but I think the most important uh, sort of selling point to this whole system for all airlines or airports is time. How long do you think this whole ballet will take place? So, so that's uh, we've demonstrated for a 30 row single aisle aircraft like an A320 or a 737 that that can be done in 10 minutes. Um, so you can do, we've treated the both the front and the rear galley, um, three lavatories and a 30 row aircraft in 10 minutes. Um, so now the, if, so, so you can do it very quickly. You can do it between turns of the aircraft. Um, you, and so that's where some of our customers are doing that way. Some of our customers are using it during their overnights. Um, so you know, it, it can be certainly it's fast enough to do between turns um, if the airline is using this as, you know, a, an additional way of just getting a deeper clean, we, we've seen them doing it as doing it on their, their RONs, their, you know, where they're remaining overnight um, aircraft. Okay, good. Nice. And now speaking, obviously, of the passenger side, uh, how can we as the passengers 
then um, benefit from the system? Yeah, I think one of the the benefits is is that the what you're looking at is is people want to be in a space that they know is clean. They also they and people understand that chemicals can can deliver that, but they're also wary of chemicals. There's a a natural human instinct to be wary of chemicals for both the environmental, you know, knowing that you've got all these chemicals and what happens to these waste products um, and in, in producing them, but also the uncertainty over long term you know, health and safety with, you know, if you're sitting in an environment that's just coated with chemicals and UV light is, it's a natural phenomenon, you know, that provides a high level of pathogen reduction without any reliance on chemicals. It's a very sustainable uh, way of cleaning. Yeah. Fantastic. I mean, what I, I forgot to mention previously, I, I really like the idea of not using the chemicals as much um, because I sort of dislike when I clean my cockpit, I dislike the smell of alcohol. Uh, and I always think that the, all the instruments lose their color over time because of too much use of the alcohol. Um, but also, I think 10 minutes, what you mentioned before, is actually really, really good because it is... I mean, I remember uh, a, a turnaround with a passenger plane I used to fly is a good 45 minutes, okay, including fueling and getting passengers on and off. But there was a lot of times where, that when I remember the girls were cleaning the seats and it took forever. It's just like, I don't know, cleaning the, the headrests and everything and, and, and the bins. Um, I, I kind of think that this might even be faster than we've cleaned aircrafts in the past. So this is definitely... Uh, yeah, a great selling point to get the system out. And, and much more consistent than hand cleaning. One of the... Yeah, and consistent, yeah. What, one of our um, airline partners, you know, they, they said, you know, when we were, you know, their, their first experience with this system, they said that their own testing of their cleaning, they said they were seeing a wide variation in the, the cleaning because it's just natural. If you've got people who are cleaning all the surfaces... Um, sometimes they're going faster, sometimes they're going slower, sometimes they might miss a spot. Um, you know, they, they may forget to do a spot or they miss it. This, you know, regardless of whether it's the first time or the thousandth time an operator has used this system, as you push this up and down the aisle, it will hit the exact same coverage every single time. And, and so it, it, re it removes that variability. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Okay, good. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. You never know if, uh, all right, not, maybe not to mention this. I'm not sure if the flight attendants always get every spot every time. So <laughs> maybe it's good to have a system like that. Okay, good. Um, just uh, where do you also think that this product then can be utilized? You said uh, partly in trains, um, partly on, on ships and stuff. Any any other areas, maybe in cars or something? Could you see that yeah, potentially? Happening? Yeah. Um for not for our car system, but certainly our backpack system, um, you know, that's certainly something that can be used also in road vehicles, um, buses, you know, buses are obviously a, a high, um, high touch surface, lots of people getting on and off. Um, and so, you know, the, all of, obviously masks certainly help us from not contaminating our surface areas, but still there are contaminants we know. Um, and then, you know, or like rental vehicle fleets and things like that too. Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. Um, you know, being able to you know, treat you know, any of these things where you've got a, a high passenger or a high turnover rate, um, certainly like for you know, our, our hand wand system too, um, things like schools, um, office areas, things like that, you know, like a, a hotel reception lobby. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. 
Well, Bob, thank you so much for spending this time with me today and talking me through the UV treatment system and the changes in the industry. So before I send it back to Adam to close us out, since this is an aerospace unplugged, how do you unplug at the end of the day? Thanks, Joe. Yeah, at the end of the day, um, I, I like to travel, you know, I like to spend time with my family and travel. Uh, obviously, we can't do that as much as we like right now. Looking forward to getting back to that, especially love to go to places where I can scuba dive. That's my my passion. I love to, to scuba dive, especially if you get to spend some time with uh, some sharks and other fun, fun water dwellers. So that's my my idea of un unplugging. Nice. And so, Joe, how, how do you like to unplug at the end of the day? Well, I, uh, I actually, funny enough, like getting back even into smaller planes. I, I like just taking out a little plane like a Piper Cup. Uh, that is so relaxing to me just to fly around uh, and do some sightseeing, actually, because with the big planes, uh, we only <laughs> fly down the ILSs and it's, everything is so fast. So I like hopping into smaller planes and just uh, enjoying the countryside. That's my way of unplugging. <laughs> okay, good. All right. Thanks again, Bob. Really appreciate it. And let's go back to Adam. Thanks, Captain Joe. For more information on our UV treatment system or UV wand, visit aerospace.honeywell.com slash cleaner air travel. And of course, be sure to check out Captain Joe on YouTube for the full video on today's episode. Thanks for listening and safe travels. <laughs> <laughs>